we we look we kind of turn the, the model on its head. You know, these mm-hmm. are not there's you know riders aren't meat in a meat factory. Um, you know, they are people with goals with dreams and and that's the difference. And that's and that's what we do. And I think that's now even before our team was announced with its partners, we'd already signed eighteen or nineteen riders wow. because there was riders that really wanted to be a part of something. They believed that it was going to come together. G'day legends and welcome back to the Press Room Podcast presented by Zwift. We are back with a little bonus episode for you legends. Of course, the season proper won't start till January 1st, 2023, but today's episode, I just had to drop it instantly. We've got an exclusive, okay? This is the first, since the team's been announced, this is the first interview that our guest, Doug Ryder, has given about the team. Now, if you're not aware of Doug Ryder, he was, of course, the general manager, the man behind Team Quebec, the African team. They were known as Dimension Data for a few seasons, Team NTT, etc. But, uh, you know, a really exciting team, the African team, um, responsible for getting, you know, Daniel Tekleheimont uh, on the Tour de France podium with the uh, Pocahontas jerseys. And he wore it for one day, I believe, one or two days, and it completely changed uh, the way, you know, African nations were seen in cycling. Now, he's back, and he's got a new team, and it's really exciting. So we're going to hear all about the team, how it was built, how long it took uh, to create, and what are the sort of morals, its ethos, its aims, what are they trying to do? And they have a really different approach and a modern approach, I must say, uh, to how they're going to try and push up and get back into the world tour from that pro continental status. Um, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one, and um, it was super, super fun to talk with Doug. And a big shout out to uh, Karen Jones, who helped me tee this one up after we uh, met briefly at Wollongong. Now, legends, we've got a couple of little juicy nuggets for you before we get started, okay? This episode is going to be on YouTube in video format with Doug and myself. All episodes now going forward are going to be on YouTube as well as your normal podcast players. So if you prefer to watch this on the Ergo when you're on Zwift, doing a bit of training, you can do so. Or just sitting at home and you want to see, you know, um, I guess the video interaction, you can do that on the Press Room Podcast YouTube channel. Um, TPR YouTube channel, just uh, look in the links and you'll see that. Also, we're bringing on a new supporter, new sponsor of the podcast, which I'll formally announce in January 1st, but I want to say big thanks to Cyclic. Incredible products, front and rear, the Fly 6, which is the rear light, the Fly 12, which is the front, and now they've just improved their front light with a new model, the Fly 12 Sport. And I have to say, they used to, I guess when they entered the game, they were you know, more of recording um, incidents on the road that may have occurred to you and drivers buzz past you, any crashes, that sort of stuff. You've got it on film, continuous recording. But now they've improved their camera, I guess, quality, stabilization so much on the front and rear models that not only are they there for capturing incidents that may occur to you on the road, keeping you safe and helpful for insurance purposes, but now they're basically action cams because their battery life lasts way longer than GoPros. And um, I've been using them on some of my rides and giving them to uh, riders at races like the Dirty Warning video. A lot of that was filmed from the Fly 12 and Fly 6. So um, super cool bits of kit. But anyway, we'll talk about them as we go through the season. Of course, big thanks to Attacker, Smith Optics, and Zwift for this episode as well. They're going to continue their support for next year. Super exciting. Um, With Zwift, 
you want to check out the training camps I've got going on on um, Zwift. That's just my phone, excuse me. Uh, might be Zwift telling me to get on. But they've got the training camps. You can get on there and do, I think, training camps with the Ineos, uh, Bike Exchange, Yumbo Visma. Um, some of the riders have created their own Zwift workout. You can go and attack those. But really, the best thing is, is unlocking the kit of the team. They're super hard to get. You can't unlock the kits. Uh, on Zwift for the proteins anywhere else. So um, yeah, get stuck into that while you're watching this one on YouTube perhaps. But anyway, legends, that's a long intro, but hey, I haven't done one for a while, so I thought I'd better give you the proper lowdown. This is Doug Ryder for Team Q36.5 Pro Cycling. I hope you enjoy this one, and I'll see you on the other side. It's very exciting, man. It's really exciting. Uh, it is. I've been a, a big fan of the, the early editions that you've you've been a, a part of, Team Pukubeka, Dimension Data. Um, big fan, so it's really exciting to see you back in the game. So why don't we start with um, perhaps you giving a bit of a um, a bit of context for how your new team, Q36.5 Pro Cycling, has um, how it all began. Yeah, look, I mean, as you know, we, Team Quebec kind of ended, sadly, um, we had a guaranteed entry still into the Tour de France for, for the season in 2022. And just through COVID and, um, you know, contracts, sponsor contracts ending at, at, um, at a difficult time during COVID, it was, it, was, it was just a tough time to try and, you know, remain in the pro peloton and to remain funded. So, it, um, you know, we tried really hard um, right up until the 26th of December 2021 to try and put a team on the road, which, you know, I fought right till the last minute and then had to pull the ripcord on it, which was really sad because we just couldn't raise enough funds. Um, so COVID had a big impact and I think people were a bit indecisive about making decisions and it was a tough time. So, um, and then, you know, we never really lost hope or I never really lost hope about wanting to still bring a team back on the road and achieve some great things. We... I think a team with our values and our purpose and, you know, using its success to do more, we, we really wanted to get back and to have this platform to, you know, that, that we could use mm. to still raise funds, to put kids on bikes and to, to do more across Africa. And, and our passion for the sport was particularly my passion for the sport is, you know, was right up there in the competitive side of it. So, yeah, I worked really hard to try and find a way to come back. And now, yeah, we found some amazing partners to, and a nice long-term partnership and long-term investment to, to, to come back into the world of cycling. Q36.5 is um, an Italian Swiss clothing company that is um, invested into the team. Um, yeah, so it's about research, it's about innovation, it's about sustainability. So all the things that we care about and, um, and now we, you know, we, we're coming back as a, as a pro tour team. So in the second division with lobbying to fight to get back into the big world tour races. Yeah. So the fight and the dog is big for us to get back to the highest level. So, yeah, I mean, it's um, we have no guarantees like we did as a World Tour team, but that's kind of fun. Mm. So we've put an amazing team together with 23 riders with 13 nationalities. So a lot of great human beings and individuals that I think will shine on the, you know, in, in the pro peloton, you know, going forwards into next season. So it, it's really, really exciting to be back and to, and to have a team back on the road with some nice partners. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And of course, that driving sort of mission behind the team uh, with, you know, getting the, the kids on bikes in Africa, that's still driven through the Quebec charity. Is that how that works? Yeah, correct. So we're still focusing 100% on Africa's mobility. So through Quebec, 
in South Africa and through uh, World Bicycle Relief across the rest of Africa. So that's a big mm-hmm. focus for us, particularly with the World Championships in 2025 in Rwanda. Yeah. You know, we we opened Africa's door to cycling, I guess. And if you look at Bini and Gourmet and the success of the African riders, it's, it's mm-hmm. um, you know, they're definitely coming through and shining at the highest level, which is a, which is a real pleasure. It gives me a lot of, um, you know, lots of, lot of satisfaction to say that, you know, that what we kind of created, you know, 10 years ago is now, you know, starting to bear fruit, which mm. is really cool. So, so that's a big thing. And then of course, we are also focusing on education. Um, so education mm. and mobility are, are two of our major, major, major factors that we, that we racing for and, and, um, and will inspire our riders to, to make a big difference, um, mm. you know, t- through their success and their racing. Yeah, well, it's funny. One of the first memories I have of, I guess, my uh, following of the sport um, in terms of, you know, African riders uh, doing well at the top flight is, of course, Daniel Tekelheimer when he took the um, polka dots. Yeah. And wasn't that just amazing? Uh, and if, and you watch some of the racing now, like the Tour of Rwanda, we've seen um, the crowds, unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable crowds. So it's, uh, it's, it's really good seeing that movement grow and, I guess uh, it must have been challenging starting, I guess, well, not starting, but, you know, just keeping the ball rolling on trying to get the team, getting the team back on on the, you know, on on foot. And I wondered, like, when you've got no team, you've got no riders, but you've obviously got your vision, your dream, you know, how you've done it before, how it must be challenging to try and attract sponsors when you don't have the riders yet um, and vice versa. Like it's like chicken or the egg thing. Like what are some of the challenges there when you're trying to grab, uh, you know, trying to entice sponsors to, you know, follow your dream and your, your vision? Well, I mean, it is, it, it is about selling the dream, you know, it's about convincing people and getting them to believe, you know, I'm a very passionate person and I, you know, I'm authentically love what I do and love what we've done. Like you talk about Daniel's, you know, King of the Mountains jersey in the 2015 Tour de France. I mean, and then a few days later, Steve Cummings goes and wins on Nelson Mandela's birthday, yeah. you know, on Mandela Day in Tamand. I mean, it was, if you read Steve's book, you know, the cover, the cover of the book is that picture, right? I mean, it was, it defined him, it defined us. It broke ground. It was just epic, you know, never, never say never and never say that things are not possible because, you know, shit, anything's possible. And if you, <laughs> if you have a big heart and you dream big and you prepare, of course, you, yeah. you can make your own luck. And we, and, and that's exactly what happened, which was absolutely beautiful. And if you look at the fan base, you talk about the fan base and the people in Rwanda that watch cycling and on the side of the road, like millions of people that's wild. that year and that Tour de France, I mean, the diaspora and people from all over the, all over Europe came to, to sing and dance and chant next to our team bus. I mean, cycling had never seen a, an audience like that. It was, yeah, it yeah. was unbelievable. I mean, I remember like it was yesterday in the October time when we were at the, in the, you know, in the Place de la Concorde or no, or just actually in the in the tour briefing uh, the, the you know the 2016 Tour de France team briefing when they go and talk about the the, the, the route launch and they do a summary of the 2015 tour. You know, Christian Prudhomme stood up there in front of thousands of people and said Africa had arrived and they just showed pictures and videos of people singing and dancing and colorful mm. flags and you know cycling had not seen that and um, I remember some of the team managers that were sitting around me like patting me on the back saying fuck Doug you've arrived <laughs> like yeah. you yeah, you yeah, changed yeah. the game which was <laughs> which was kind of cool but yeah I mean I think if we look forward you know to now the motivation to try and come back was always big and um, you know the impact that I think our, our team has had an amazing um, 
influence in in cycling and 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 that also helped us attract a lot of riders to our team you know we've got seven or eight riders from the world tour that joined us now in in 2023 they've seen the influence and the impact that this team has had they've seen the way we engage with the individuals the individual riders the success that we've had with riders like Giacomo Nizzolo, Victor Campenons, Max Valscheidt, Gino Maida, Mara Schmidt, um, Ben O'Connor like you know, we've, we've created some amazing opportunities with individuals. You know, we just never had a long-term project to be able to retain those individuals yeah. in our team. Mm-hmm. And they went on to, you know, and, and did great things in other teams, which is great. But I think as a team, we listen to the individual. We understand what they want to achieve, their goals and objectives. And we try and enable that um, through the team. We're not looking at riders like they fulfill a function. Like, you know, I mean, a lot of agents come to me and they say, are oh, you looking for climbers, sprinters? So we said, no, we're looking for human beings that have, you know, that have a good heart and, and care about the sport that we live in and care about the world that we live in. And I think that's the difference. We, we, we look, we kind of turn them the model on its head. You know, these are not, there's, you know, riders aren't meat in a meat factory. Um, you know, they are people with goals, with dreams and, and that's the difference. And that's, and that's what we do. And I think that's now, even before our team was announced with its partners, we'd already signed 18 or 19 riders wow. because there was riders that really wanted to be a part of something. They believed that it was going to come together um, they believed in me. They believed in the people that we put together, the sports directors. We've got an amazing group of sports directors um, that have been with me in the past that, that came back to be a part of this new this yeah. new project. And then, of course, the partners believed in it too. So it was, an, it was a coming together of amazing you know, individuals. And, but the riders particularly invested in, in, in wanting to be a part of this team. Mm, yeah absolutely it's a, it's a really great mix of um, and very international as well like you said yeah. uh, I guess for, for 2023 the first year uh, is often you know it's, it's, a, it's a tester year going back to the, the pro tour I guess what are some of the um, the key focuses for the team for 2023 so what are the most important things that you think the team might be trying to um, perform you know well at or uh, tick the box yeah, so cycling is in a strange space now. The first time in a hundred years of the sport, there's a relegation and promotion that's just that's just gone through. So I mean that you know we're in a we're in a different cycle now. Actually, if you think about it, teams are starting to be smarter in the way they engage, the way they race, the people that they put in races, and the races that they do, and how they look at that. Nobody wants to be on that hockey stick approach where you want to be at the end of the hockey stick and, yes. and in the third year to try and find out whether you know what you need to do to score points. Yeah. So I think the way the way teams will start to you know invest in riders etc and races that they want to do is going to be is going to be pretty strategic and pretty different and there's another conversation on its own because that's going to be quite exciting to say why these riders to these races it's going to create another dynamic to you know the couch coaches (laughs) out there you know (laughs) analyzing that stuff so which i think is going to be really exciting so for us you know we've got a team that can that can race in every in every event, you know, yes. we, we want to be good in this, in the spring classics and the Ardennes classics and the short stage races, and then potentially in the grand tours. So mm. we've got two frontline sprinters in Sinoc and Moschetti, you know, we've got some yeah. great stage race riders um, in Hausen, Damien Hausen and, and Carl Frederick Hagen. So we've got some, and we've got some real experience and strong engines and Jack Bauer and the classics rider, Tom Debrint, that was fourth in Paris yeah. Bay this year. So mm-hmm. we've got a we've got riders that can succeed. They're not superstars, but that's cool. Like we don't, I'm, you know, I've I've had superstars in the past, and they're nice to deal with, and 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 sometimes tough to manage. But you know, these <laughs> these riders, <laughs> these riders are they're hungry. They have massive desire, passion. They've been knocking yeah. on the door. They've always ridden for other leaders. 
Yes. And this yeah. is their opportunity to shine. And that's cool. Like I, and they embraced it. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we were in Milan at a fitting camp, getting the riders all fitted up on their new bikes and the kit mm-hmm. and stuff. And the energy and the excitement around, you know, them being a part of this new project and, and them making a big influence and having a big, you know, it can make a big difference in this team is kind of cool. So now big thing for me is lobbying to get into the race organizers. So I've been, you know, lobbying. I'm back to like, you know, selling our, putting our hat in the ring, which is, you know, there's yes. no guarantee. So it's, that's yes. kind of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, it's actually, I'm, I've got energy. I'm enjoying it again. You know, we've got a lot of value to add to the media to, because of what we race for. And, um, and I think event organizers will want us in their races. And when we get there, I can guarantee that our riders will, will race like, um, like it's the last day that they're racing because, you know, mm. every day is an opportunity to do something great. And I think they will, they will definitely embrace that. So it's exciting, but it's a, it's a different world that we live in now within, in terms of, you know, what teams and you know, the conversation around cycling is going to be a bit richer and a bit more detailed. Mm, yeah, it is very exciting from a fan's perspective as well. And um, last year, around this time last year, actually, I spoke with, um, I did a similar episode with Jens uh, Hoagland from Uno X. And, yep. um, you know, having they were just sort of breaching into that similar territory now. And he spoke um, about the challenges of getting race starts and how some race organizers, uh, you know, it's, it's cut and dry, some not so much. So um, it could be down to, the, the riders, the nationality of riders you have, uh, you know, sponsors, all that sort of stuff. So there is yep. some interesting um, challenges. But what I did see recently, um, Doug, was it looks like there might be an extra position available at the Giro now that one of the teams has decided, well, indicated they will forego their start yep. to focus on the tour. So that that is interesting in, interesting for you guys, particularly with Nibali on your um part of your team yeah. style no absolutely i mean i think just on two things i mean uno x is, an, is a great team you know they've grown they've yeah. grown year by year they've got a great project i mean one of our old riders rasmus teller is there mm. you know now they've got alexander christoph they really are going step by step they've got a great team owner um he's great you know yeah. he's a he's a legend like i love what they do i mean i really respect and and I know they we competing with them now for starts, et cetera, but they, you know, they've they've laid a, an amazing foundation and are growing year by year. They're not trying to go, you know, too big too soon. They've mm. they've really walked the walk and and when they go to the races, they're super exciting. Their kit looks yes. cool. Um so yeah, I mean I I really you know I met with Jens actually now when I was in Australia at the Worlds in Wollongong and oh, cool, yeah, we yeah. had some nice conversations and we were kind of like tongue in cheek, like good luck to you, yeah, good luck to you. So, <laughs> yeah. But so we'll fight, we'll we'll drink a beer here, but we'll fight on the dance floor. Yeah, yeah. Um so that's kind of cool. But yeah, I mean it's um it is a big thing about lobbying for race starts. The Giro, absolutely. I mean, I think it's quite sad that Italian cycling is still struggling to put teams on the road and to get funding. It's a bit like Formula One not having an Italian Grand Prix. I mean, that would just be terrible. I know. So yeah, for the fact that cycling doesn't have an Italian world to team and is really struggling to, to keep going. And there's so many good Italian riders. I mean, I have six in my team. And um, um, I mean, of course, Nibali has had some influence in that and, and it's nice to have a guy like him as a technical advisor, someone that is, you know, will be a brand ambassador for Q36.5. He's going to ride the Absa Cape Epic, um, the mountain bike race, and in, in, you know, in, in this this coming next year. So he's going to do some fun stuff and enjoy his sport, but also help us with preparation for our for our stage yeah. race riders. Come to training camps, mentor the younger generation, give us some insight, um, you know, into his preparation and what he's done. Because a guy that's won Milan, San Remo, Lombardia, Terreno Adriatico, Incredible. and the yeah. Grand Tours, 
you know, there's very few of his kind yeah. around and he's so humble, you know, such a cool guy. So, you know, mm -hmm. he adds, a, you know, a nice depth and some more dimensions to our, our performance team, you know, in terms of just giving some insight and advice and his experience. So, yeah, but let's see. Jiro is is interesting. It's in May. It's quite soon. We're a new team. Um, you know, if we get if we get an opportunity, we've thrown our hat in the ring. If we get an opportunity, for sure we'll jump at it. If we don't, we'll continue to build, um, you know, our program and build our riders and uh, you know, just to, to keep the keep the scoreboard ticking, which is um, which is important. So. Absolutely, and often uh, quite, and often quite lucrative with points um, outside of the Grand Tours for uh, for the teams looking at that. Yeah, you could. I mean, you could you could ride two or three races outside of a Grand Tour and score six, seven hundred points, and you could go to a Grand Tour, you know, score none. smash yourself for three weeks and three and a half thousand kilometers and score twenty points, and you're like, exactly. oh my gosh, that was yeah, that was hectic. Or you could yeah. score a lot, you know, like. We've yeah. won, you know, the time that we won three stages in the Giro last year, um, you know, we've won five stages in the Tour before. So, I mean, that's that's pretty, you know, now the points on the stage wins have gone up. So that also is, yeah, is a good thing. So, so mm -hmm. yeah, no, absolutely. Because, you know, you look at a one-day race and then you look at a Grand Tour stage, Not, you know, yeah. they're both as hard to win <laughs> without doubt, right? And, um, yeah. and, and the one... And the points in the one compared to the other paled into insignificance, yeah. and now it's kind of you know on par, which is it's good. It's been addressed, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a good Aussie old Michael Rogers now at the UCI that is looking at that thing in detail, and so I think you know things are moving and changing slowly. And Mike, you know, Mick Rogers, he's you know he also worked for us for a year, but as our technical advisor. But yeah, Mick is you know he's he's trying to move forwards in a, in a good way and and, mm. and do good things there. So yeah. Good people all in the all right direction. That's good. Yeah, uh, Doug. What are some of the? Um, I guess have you taken anything from your time managing um, Quebecer team Quebecer and all its iterations? Have you taken any sort of ex any learnings from those those days managing that team to you know to this team now? Like anything you learned there that yeah. maybe you did wrong or right that you've applied to this new team uh, Q thirty six Pro Cycling. Yeah, so Jethro, I mean, we we've been in the game ten years, and so we we made mistakes for sure, and we learned a lot over those ten years. And um, I mean, this is a people centric business, and yeah. in, in it's in you know we the product that we sell are our people, and the staff are the most important because they're the ones that keep the lights and water on and keep the culture. It's very hard to to maintain your culture and and what you stand for when you're you know, when you always remote, I mean, cycling is a sport played on the open roads of the world. Those are our stadiums, you know, to try and stay connected in a disconnected sport is really complicated. So I think going forwards, we, we're building a bigger foundation now with, a, with incredible people so that we can rise higher than we ever have. And, um, and when I look at the energy and, and the, in, the, just the involvement of people in the team, you know, today, as we're building it to move into 2023, it's amazing. So I think we'll rise higher for sure. I'm a very, you know, act like owner attitude where I give responsibility and accountability to the people in the functions in the team. You know, of course, you learn from your mistakes and, and mistakes are made, but that's how we grow as individuals. So I think, you know, we've got a great culture in our team. Um, mm. And uh, and so I'm excited to see. I'm really happy with where we are um, and what we're building and with the people that we have and the, and the partners that we have. Um, and then, you know, how, how big and high we can, we can rise on top of that is, 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 um, is going to be exciting. So I think our ceiling is going to be really high. This is a double volume game. This is not, <laughs> this is not a small, this is not a small building rebuilding. So yeah, it's yeah. quite exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, have you, 
you've been obviously been announcing on social media. People can see on the the um, Q36.5 Instagram page, which I think you've changed from the it was the previous team, Quebecer. Correct. Um, yeah, beautiful. So you guys can check that out um, on the Instagram. It's cool. You've been announcing all the riders. Um, is there more to come, or is this the the team of 23 we've got? Yeah, so I mean, we will get through all 23. We wanted to give each one their day in the sun because they're all incredibly important and we treat yeah. every individual equally, you know, we, we, um, which is the nice thing about our team. You know, you could be, you know, a, a Damien Hausen or, you know, a Tom DeVrint, but of course, a Nagasi Abreha from Ethiopia is as valuable. You know, you're yeah. only as strong as your, as, your, as your 23rd rider, I guess. And so for us, it's, it's all about that. And um, so everybody's is getting their day in the sun, but we potentially could have one or two riders that we might still bring in. I mean, there's quite a lot of chaos in the sport at the moment with some, yeah. some teams and one team particular that is, that we're hoping will find a way forward and, um, and yeah. then is not going to struggle because otherwise there could be a few riders on the market. And then because of that, we might end up picking up one or so because just yeah. to try and keep, keep people, keep people working and keep people, you know, passionate about the sport. So of course we, that's, so that's a possibility, but um, yeah, we're pretty much going to be around 20, 20, 23, 24 riders, which is the average size team of a, of a, of a well-funded, you know, pro pro continental pro tour team. Mm, okay. And the average age is around 26 in our teams, which is kind of the sweet spot. So we've got a lot of we've got a lot of mentors and older riders, and we've got you know you know many near pros. So we've got quite a lot of young guys too. So the balance is perfect, and we we're quite excited with with what we've ended up with. Actually, I'm, I must thank my sports directors um, for for all the effort they went to 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 build a, a great team with with great people. Mm, okay, and when you when you're looking at riders and, and deciding uh, who you might approach for for a contract on your team, um, I guess like do you are you you relying on like you said your sports directors to perhaps reach out or, or maybe give you intel on certain riders? But um, what are some of the challenges when it goes to looking to sign a rider? Uh, you know, what are some of the things you have to consider? No, I mean we so for for us it's we look at the human being, their desire, their passion, their dreams, their goals, what they still want to achieve. We do a lot of analytics. I mean, we have quite a high tech team. We do a lot of research on every single rider, the points they scored in what races over how many years. And, you know, were they the leader, were they a support rider, you know, what potential do they have, what age do they have, you know, and, um, and we do, so we do quite a lot of research on every, uh, on everyone. We kind of get their training peaks accounts and look at things and see, you know, how we can improve. And then we have very detailed conversations with the individual. Like we don't sit down and talk about anything other than how they got into cycling, what drives them, what motivates them. You know, we don't even talk about racing in our first meetings with, the, with in, these in guys. And discussions, Doug, sorry, in those discussions with the riders, did mm-hmm. any of the riders' responses to those particular questions surprise you? Well, yeah, some do. Well, for the first surprise is that they say that nobody asks them those questions when they go and have interviews on other teams. You know, it's all yeah. about, we want you to do this. Can you do this? We need this. Otherwise, we're not going to pay you this. And we don't even have, I mean, that's not even our conversation in the first meeting. Ours is about, you know, how did you get started in cycling? What's your family situation? Where do you live? What drives you? You know, are you married? Do you have kids? You know, what do you, do you want to leave a legacy? What, how do you want to be remembered? how can we help you if you want to still race one year, two years, you know, what do you want to achieve through that? How, how can we, you know, make, make it happen that you enjoy what you're doing. You know, we want to give you your day in the sun so that you can be successful and win, but then, you know, how would you support a team, you know, in a, in a, in, in, in when we have another strategy, et cetera. So, 
So those are the conversations we have. And then when we find, and then of course, you know, you do you care about the world that we live in? Do you, you know, do you have a good network that we can, you know, use to try and help and support raise money for, for kids and communities, et cetera. So that's the first conversation. And we get some interesting answers and some interesting, con- you know, things coming back. We learn a lot about the individuals, but that's how, I mean, we are, when you're on the road for 200 days of the year, that's, that's what you need to do. You need to understand each other um, to get the best out of each other. And I think that's why as a team, we've always punched above our weight with individuals that have, you know, really surprised and done amazing things. So, you know, long may that continue. And hopefully our, our focus and the way we do things, you know, will we'll continue to surprise and, and, and excite the, the audience of cycling. Mm, okay. And uh, I guess for, for, for 2023, what the first year, what are you most looking forward to? Well, I mean, just to get the team back on the road, actually. I mean, for me, with the partners that we have and, you know, just to be back in the game is is amazing to be, you know, seeing the fans again because the last two years were really difficult. I mean, this year it opened up again, but we weren't kind of in the highest level. And it was quite sad the last two years. So 2020 and 2021 were tough years with people not being able to get access to the races, you know, c- customers or partners that, and sponsors that sponsored the teams couldn't bring their clients so that that intimacy wasn't there which is what's the most beautiful thing about our sport you know you can be totally intimate with the riders you can get to know them you can you know really be a part of the sport you can ride virtually and physically with with the best riders in the world you know our sport is unique in that way and so that for us is is the is the most beautiful thing that now you know people are back on mass, yeah. I mean, look yeah. at the Tour de France this year in Denmark and Vineyard Garden House. Oh. Just incredible that is. I mean, it's just a, those Great scenes. Out. When I looked at yeah, when I looked at that, I was like, we got to get back there because when you yeah. see that audience, the passion that cycling fans have for this tough gladiator sport, and then the impact that we can have on communities oh, is awesome. So for me, that's that's the thing that I'm really looking forward to is to get, yeah. you know, to get personal and and close to the fan base and the and the community of cycling that is so rich and in its. Mm diversity and in its passion imagine uh it reminds me of uh when magnus court was was out in the breakaway you know through his you know home nation and just going wild on his own it just makes me picture like imagine you know an african rider of the you know the world champs 2025 that would be incredible uh incredible viewing uh so last couple of questions um Douglas. by the way do you would you plan on traveling with the team to majority of the races yeah, so I go to many. Um, I don't go to all, but I go to many races where our partners are, where we, you know, have strong relationships with the race organizers um, and, of course, the media, et cetera. So, I mean, my involvement and in, in presence at the races, you know, helps the Quebec side of things, tell the story, engage with them, you know, just with the fans of cycling and, I guess, the people that are there. But it'll be a lot around our partners and their and their. Um, customers and staff that come which is mm. you know creating an amazing experience and also giving the riders the motivation to mm. when i'm there they kind of like they seem to dig a little deeper sometimes they, they it like means a little bit more yeah. um, for them to them so you know that's important that i'm that i'm around i'm really excited about uh, a couple of riders that you signed um i'm really excited about cyrus monk uh he reminds me of a bulldog that guy he just hasn't given up the dream of you know, reaching that top flight, and uh, I was really happy to see him him signed. He seems like he just, you know, he'll always. Well, there's going. an amazing story. I mean, if you just if you know his story and you know how hard he's fought and the, and the, and how many doors have been slammed in his face, and he still, you know, comes home to Australia every summer, works 
as you know, works to save money so that he can get a, a flight back to Belgium so that he can be back in the grindstone, back doing what he loves, hoping that one day he, a door will open. And now it has. And I think when I just listened to his story, like I just fell in love with what, you know, his passion and his, you know, just his vision and mission for the sport and how he keeps, you know, trying as hard as he can year in, year out. And, and for him to get this opportunity, like I know when Cyrus pins a number on his jersey for the first time next year, which will be at the Australian Nationals on the 10th of January, he's going to race like he stole it. I mean, it's going to be. And I mean, I I love that. And, and yeah, I look, I so look forward to, you know, to following his journey through the next couple of years. And um, and I know you'll, you'll, you can rely on him 100%. So that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, super exciting. Uh, so I asked Jens this question last year, um, and the answer was very funny what he actually said. So I'd like to ask you, say, in two or three years' time, if you could take any rider from any team and they agree to come to Q36.5 Pro Cycling, who would you be drawing in, drafting into the squad? I would love Binny and Gourmet to join us, actually, um, you know, so he would he would be amazing. He he was 13 years old when Daniel Tickleheimer not wore that King of the Mountains jersey in the Tour de France. He never rode for us, but you know, his eyes were wide open. You know, we created an, a pathway for him, the dream, the hope. And um, you know, the 2025 World Championships in Rwanda. He is such an incredible human being, so humble, so modest. And, you know, I I would for sure want to bring the best African talent back into our or into our team and 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 show show what we can do together. And um, yeah, that would be my dream. Mm. Well, Jen said uh, he'd love to have Alexander Kristoff. So, you know, wow. the, the stars align. Never say never. <laughs> never say never. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Well, um, Doug, the best place for people to, um, you know, find out more about the teams, of course, to, I know the main one to head to is to check out their Instagram first and uh, foremost um, to check that out. And then uh, if they want to know more about Team Quebeca, the charity, where should they be uh, checking out? Yeah, I mean, we'll be launching our new website, you know, towards the end of the year, Q36-5 Pro Cycling Team. And of course, Quebeca.org is a great place to go and find out more about what we do, how we do it, why we do it, um, and the, and and to support, you know, the, the, the charity. So that's amazing. I'm actually going to Cape Town now to to go to be a part of two bike handovers, which I love being in the community and seeing the smiles on the kids' faces when they receive these bikes. And their lives will change forever. Just being mobile and independent is so cool. But, um, yeah, so keep following our your our um instagram stuff is is right up there and uh yeah we had an amazing i mean we have about half a million followers so it was nice to just you know morph team quebeco into q36 you know pro cycling team because um yeah we we've got a very loyal following so we are we just keep we're keeping on this journey which is amazing and yeah and thanks for for chatting to us today That's another episode of the Press Room Podcast done and dusted. Big thank you for Doug Ryder for coming on the podcast. And guys, go and follow them on Instagram. Just type in Q36.5 on uh, on Insta. Follow their page. Look out for their new website. And guys, this is, well, this is the new underdog we can really root for. And I have to say, look out for the Tom Drivenens. He was the man. He was the surfer-looking dude who got in the break at Roubaix. 
He was in the break from kilometer zero and he rode it all the way to the end and finished, I think, in fifth or sixth place. So an amazing ride and I'm really interested to see how he will go again um, at Roubaix and some of those classics because he's a super exciting rider. And of course, all the other riders on the uh, roster are super exciting as well. So let's cheer for them as we watch them navigate the season and judging by Doug Ryder's uh, approach, they're going to go for the points and really go for the long-term gain. So it's super exciting and very, very interesting. So um, anyway, legends, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click following or, or, or subscribe on the podcast players. It's really, really helpful. And um, yeah, let me know if you like the episode, okay? Send me a message on Instagram. Share it with your mates. And um, hey, I'll see you again very soon, January 1st. It's a new year, but it's the same pod, but it's actually getting even better. All right, legends, I'll see you later.